Welcome back to the Flex Podcast, episode 26. Got my friend Mike Farrell on. It's be a pretty good podcast. Um, been watching much baseball? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mets fan, obviously. Rocking the Vogelback shirt. Yeah. Um, you know, it's been an up and down season, mostly up. But uh, it's really my go-to is the Mets. I mean, I, I, as you can see right now, I got the Braves on because they're uh, chasing the Mets uh, after tonight. If they win, they'll be probably a half game back. So. Is it because what are they even now with y'all? Or? No, we won. Uh, took the doubleheader uh, two days ago against the Pirates. So uh, we were up, I think, a game. And then now if they win against Seattle tonight, then we'll be a half game up still. But it's been a fight uh, the whole year. I don't know. I'm kind of – Kind of iffy how I feel about the Mets. I think uh, I think it's been hard uh, because it's been such up and down offensively that it's, as of late, especially that I don't know if they're as hyped up as the media is making them sound. So uh, as a fan, you know, if you which you may not have followed the Mets, it's a it's been a struggle being a Mets fan. So yeah, you kind of wait for the collapse. Have you been Have you been to a game yet with? Uh, uh, Edwin Diaz and his uh, what's it called the the trumpet thing. Trumpets. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't been to a game. So I've only been to one this year, uh, which is the first one I've been to probably since COVID. Um, and we blew. Did we blow them out? We might have blew out the the Nats, or it was a. It was a. Oh, that's right, because it was at uh, Washington. Yeah, so yeah. it might not have been a blowout, but it was not a safe situation. So I didn't get to see him live. But uh, I talked to. I'm in a couple of Mets pages on Facebook so uh, one guy said he's got season tickets and he's uh, probably going to try to sell some for the playoffs so I might might gauge his price and see because it's, it's been a while since we've been to the playoffs so it's something to, something to see especially in New York New York's awesome yeah. the environment's awesome because you were born and raised in what in like the city New York no I was born and raised in Jersey oh, so okay. um, Jersey Shore kind of not the, the TV show Jersey Shore it's not all, all what the show hyped it up to be but uh Close to New York, hour train ride, um, which is nice. I mean, I miss it every day. It's it's the convenience of it all, uh, the food. Just in, we have a bunch of mom and pop shops that kind of Southern Maryland doesn't really have. Oh, we don't have it at all. Yeah, so it's just a ton, a ton of different types of restaurants. You can get Italian food, for instance, in like you know forty, fifty different ways, just in my area. Yeah. So, um, hour train ride to New York, and I actually went to college up in North Jersey. And I was ten minute bus ride into the city, so I was in the city frequently. So how did you become instead of? Because a lot of people are like Yankees fans, mm-hmm. but they're like a lot of Puerto Ricans, Hispanics, like Dodgers, Yankees, and Astros and Padres are like the number one team. How'd you go? How'd you instead of picking the Yankees, did you pick the Mets? So I was a I was a Yankee fan uh, probably up until. I don't know, maybe fourth or fifth grade. Uh, then a kid in my neighborhood, best friend, uh, his name's Jack. We uh, were so close. I was over his house, you know, every day, yeah. almost bike ride because we live in neighborhood. So you just hop on your bike and say, Ma, I'll see you later. And, you know, whoever's in the neighborhood, we just get together at somebody's house and hang out there all day, sometimes sleep over. So his whole family's huge Mets fans. So uh, just being there so much – and just, you know, getting used to it. Getting used to it and, you know, seeing how passionate they were about it and just watching the game over and over and over. Um, I just picked up on the Mets, you know, it was uh 
Jose Reyes, one of my favorite players. So watching him was awesome. So, well, y'all haven't – have y'all made the playoffs since you've been a uh, Mets fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, I forget the years. The most recent, I think, was 2017, I think. Um, Daniel Murphy was still on the team, and he went on that, like, historic run in the playoffs. Where he home run and, like – hit a home run in, like, I don't know, every game of the playoffs. And then that was – Because you had Noah Syndergaard, too, didn't you? Yeah, we had Noah Syndergaard. Yeah. That's when uh, – one of the years that Jacob deGrom, Noah Syndergaard uh, – Matt Harvey, they were all – the pitching staff was awesome. Everybody was hitting. We actually lost to the Dodgers, I believe, in the, in the World Series. Because we – when you guys got rid of – I think it was Matt Harvey. We pick, we just picked him up like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was on our roster, and he did like horrible. And everybody was hyping him up. because like, oh, he came from the Mets and stuff. And then same with like Noah Syndergaard, because you all got rid of him. Was that last year? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we didn't resign him. Yeah, uh, we offered him. Uh, I don't know how much, and he didn't take it. I mean, because he's good, but like this season, it's not been his year. Because he went from uh, y'all to the Angels. Angels. Didn't he get traded again or no? Yeah, he's on the Phillies. Now. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So he got injured, um, which played a big part of it. And um, after that, the hype was kind of you know gone with his injury and yeah. stuff like that. And um, he kind of has a bad taste in the. Me- with the Mets, I know he's been in a couple interviews, you know, talking about the Phillies, how he's, you know, hyped up to be at the Phillies, this, that, when, you know, a year or two ago you were a Mets through and through, right. you know, talking crap back to everybody else who was hating on the Mets, this, that, and the other, and then you kind of like things didn't go your way with upper management, and then now you're hating on them. It's kind of a weird sense of character there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Matt Harvey, he was uh, – he had that good, real good year. Uh, with the Mets, and then I think he might have got hurt also, and then after that, it went downhill for him, yeah. big time. But y'all's shoot, y'all's relieving crew this year though. You struggling, got, struggling, struggling. Our bullpen is probably our worst aspect of the game. Because it's like, well, yeah, y'all have blown a lot of games, but it's like, if you look at it on paper, unreal. You yeah, got, still, you guys still got Seth Lugo, right? Seth Lugo, uh, Diaz, Diaz, the. Um, the biggest – the bullpen, to me, was probably the biggest help we needed in the trade deadline. And, uh, I mean, the GM and the ma- the owner and, you know, Buck Schultwalker, who's got, you know, uh, the major say, I guess they saw something different than, you know, all the fans. You know, we're fans and we – fan GMs and things like that. But the bullpen definitely was the biggest help I think we needed uh, first, and we didn't get that. Um, Who did y'all actually pick? I know you did a trade with the Giants – but I don't remember who else did you guys trade with, or did you do any big trades like picking up people? We had no really big, big name trades, which I wish we did. Yeah. Um, Cause y'all were in the thing for Juan Soto for a, like a little second. Yeah, I think it, we would have had to give up too much, and yeah. that's what one of my biggest gripes. Like one of the players, uh, was it Matt, Matt Vent, Ventos? Uh, he's in AAA and he's crushing lefty pitchers. He's a righty. Plays third base, a little bit of first. Defense is kind of shaky, but uh, one of the free agents we signed, the righty – or not the free agent, uh, with the trade with the um, Giants, Giants yeah. uh, Darren Ruff, he was supposed to crush uh, lefties, and he's been atrocious. Like, I – you know, you could probably pay me half of what he's making, and I'd do the same thing. It's like it's like the same thing when we uh, – we got Brett Phillips uh-huh. from the Rays. Yeah. He came in and hit nothing. He had like one, one base hit. We sent him back down. 
the the thing that's it's annoying with the Orioles is we're in this we're so invested in going young, and like I I like it, but this year nobody thought you know where we're at right now, and we're not. I feel like when the trade the end line hit, we should have taken it a little bit more serious for the now because we still have a chance, and st- I mean still do, but like. Then we had just came off a ten uh game winning streak just with the uh the Mariners and then we didn't we didn't pick anybody up in the trade deadline. Yeah, so it's tough and that's what um you know my biggest thing is is that I get one to keep your young guys. I mean, if you go kinda the Astros, I mean everybody, you know, they cheated, whatever, it was kinda bullshit that they cheated and I I hate on it. But they kinda built their team. You know, it it wasn't really any major trade trades like that. Um, and they built it up, and that's what the Orioles are doing. They're playing great. I mean, they're a young team, so next year should even be be even better. Pick up some free agent guys uh, next year, and you guys can have a real shot now with the – and I think that's why they didn't make a move at the trade deadline because if they wanted to make that move, they would have had to give up so much of their young talent that it would have, you know – not panned out. Hurt us. Yeah, yeah. so they're kind of looking at the the, the future – which I get as a fan, you're like, no, nah, I want it now. But at the same time, it's like, well, this year nobody really expected it. So it's like, wow, this yeah. is really, this really could happen in the next couple of years if we, you know, move some pieces, get the right pieces in, and and do what we got to do. And that was my thing. I wanted to go after uh, Trey Mancini. Yeah. Um, good righty bat. You know, uh, swings it. Good team guy. And then uh, we didn't go after him, and we got, like I said, Darren Ruff from the Giants, which I've never even heard of. No. So then uh, we get him. He Ruff, the uh, guys we picked up at the trade line deadline, had a couple good games. So it was like, oh, you know, all right, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Right. And then they fell off, and then you see, like, Trey Mancini first at back go deep for the Astros. You know, like, dude. Oh, that hurt for me, too. I'm like, he just kept hitting home runs and home yeah. runs and home runs. I'm like – where was this at? But and then we got you know we got a uh, this is my one of my biggest things too and I'm like I said I argue with Mets fans all day long like not all day but like I'm in a Mets fan group and nobody understands that they'll say like I'm a fake fan when I'm talking about like real stuff it's like you guys want us fans to stay positive that's why we stay positive stay, well it's hard to stay positive when they didn't make the right moves and they're a team this year that could have I don't think they are. But could have could have had a shot at the World Series. Oh yeah, because their offense was clicking. Now it's terrible, but their offense was clicking at the time. Um, we needed a catcher. Our catcher position is terrible. Our Who DA, is y'all's catcher? Uh, we we switched from uh, we switched from uh, James McCann, who's batting I think maybe one eighty. And um, didn't you guys have a guy named like Ramos or something? Uh, we have Wilson Ramos back in the day. Okay. And then we I'm had way off. Yeah, we had him back in the day, and then uh, we switched with McCann and Nito. Um, both can't hit at all. Uh, we got McCann because he had one good season at, at, with the White Sox. He was tearing it up, and we offered him big money, and he's been brutal, <laughs> brutal injuries. He's he's old, isn't he? Uh, I don't know if he's that old. I'm, I'm he might be in his maybe low thirties. Gotcha. But um. So it's been kind of a struggle there, and then our bullpen needed help, and then our DH spot needed help. Um, And we just didn't go after the big guns. And, you know, as a Mets fan, throughout all these years, you see them have a shot and them not make that move because they don't want to get rid of their young talent. So that's them kind of looking at the future. Well, I mean, as a new owner, 
you should want to go all in right now yeah. and win this thing. And they didn't do it, and I was shocked, honestly, because there was a couple good guys out on free agent. Even oh, if yeah. we didn't get, you know, even if we didn't get Soto, because it would have cost too much, which I would have loved to have him. Obviously, anybody would. Yeah. I mean, I think he's struggling a little bit right now with the Padres, but anybody would have loved to have him. And then uh, Contreras for the Cubs, he would have been a good addition at catcher. And then you had like Trey Mancini, uh, C.J. Crone from the Rockies, all these guys that could have helped out defense. Uh, from the DH spot, so that uh, young kid, what's his name? CJ Abrams went. He got traded in that trade with Juan Soto. Yeah, uh, from the Padres, dude was a stud. Yeah, I like yeah. him. Yep, he's a good. He's a good dude. Uh, there's a lot of good ball players out there, man. It's just putting all the pieces together and just building it up, and that's what that's what makes it kind of tough. So when you, can I see the shirt? Did you guys trade for him? Yeah, we traded okay. the Padres. We didn't trade him much. Okay. Uh, I'm not the Padres, the Pirates. We didn't trade him much, but uh, he was another guy crushing righties. Yeah. Crushing righties. His batting average, you know, wasn't very good, um, which I get to a certain extent because, you know, there's so much analytics going to the game now. So, like, if there's a, if there's a lefty pitcher up, they're just not going to – you're just not going to face him as a lefty batter. Yeah. In that – in a DH role, which, like I said, analytics says you have – a least chance to hit a lefty on lefty. But the more – they're still major league guys. You know what I mean? They've yeah. been hitting all their life. Yeah. So I think the more reps they get, you know, he might he might be able to hit lefties. You never know. You just don't give him a shot. Um, but like I said, there's so much analytics that go in the game. But Vogelback, man, he's he started off hot for us. You know, uh, I listened to another podcast, KFC Radio, and um, – not KFC, We Believe. It's uh, with – the guy Kevin Clancy, who's runs KFC Radio from Barstool, and they're big Mets fans, and they were talking about like uh, back in the day we had Bartolo Colon, and he said that everyone just kind of likes a big, bigger dude, yep. a bigger athletic, well not not really athletic, but just a bigger dude, especially in baseball. And then when they do well, you know, fans gravitate to that. So his hype was he he came in and everybody he started performing everybody loved him yep. and then now he's kind of dealing with a hamstring injury he's falling off but I mean I personally still love him they had him on the podcast uh, on one of them I listened to listened to the whole thing and he's you know super chill dude yeah he's super cool super team guy uh, he's not even that old I mean he looks older than he is I think he's only like twenty he's younger than me I'm thirty he's still in his twenties yeah yeah oh, shit, I thought he's like like early 30s like 30 31 I, th- I want to say he's like 26 or something he's not he's not that close to 30 maybe 28 but yeah he's not even 30 yet and you wouldn't know because when you look at him and that's how I feel about a lot of professional athletes it's like like Aaron Donald for instance from the Rams oh my god dude he's like 28 yeah yeah it's like but he looks like he's he looks 25 like, barely yeah but it, no to me he looks like he's a like a 45 year old man Oh, you think he looks older? Yeah, he looks like an old, oh, like shit. not an old, old man, but he looks yeah. like a man. Like, a, yeah. you know, when you're in your 20s, you're, you're considered a man. But, you know, you're still you're still young. You're still messing around. You still do what you got to, like, do what you got to do to have fun. But these yeah. guys put in the work, and he's so big. And it's like, dude, you're a grown man, and you look <laughs> like a grown man, but you're only in the, in your 20s. Like, you're older than me. Yeah. I mean, younger than me, and I'm, like, not in shape at all. And you're just gigantic. That dude is a, that dude's a beast. Beast. I can't believe he wanted to retire so young, but I guess when you do stuff like he's doing at such a high level, it takes a toll on your body, probably physically and probably mentally. Well, and coming off a ring, too, that messes with your head, too. He's yeah. like, all right, well, I got a ring and I'm good. 
But you got to – I look at it like his position's more physical than a quarterback. Oh, yeah. Obviously. So, I mean, your, your years of service obviously are going to be less than a quarterback. That's but why Brady's still going. That's what I'm saying. Brady's still going. And, you know, Aaron Donald's in like 100 times better shape than this guy. Yeah. And he's already contemplating retirement, which is insane. But, you know, you got a ring. You've been to the Pro Bowl how many times? I think every maybe think every year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he won. He's probably won defensive MVP a couple times, maybe. Oh yeah, I think. I don't know if he, I don't think he won it last year, but I know he's won at least twice for the NFC side at least. Yeah. But no, the dude's a dude's a real stud. That is whole it? team. First of all, did you watch it last night? <laughs> I watched bits and pieces, um, and they just got crushed. The fir- no, the the first half going into in, in the little bit of the third quarter was like a real good game. I was like, oh shoot, we yeah. had a good first first game of the week. And then they threw that they threw a touchdown, and then they threw the pick, um, to the uh, Bills. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm turning it off. I'm not watching. <laughs> I was going to sleep. But 31 to 10 was the final. I was like, come on, man. I had the Rams like, I projected them to be not only the number one team in their division, but in overall in football. Mm-hmm. I'm not – because a lot of people are like, Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Like, Josh Allen, I, I really think is probably going to win MVP this year, especially looking like last night. But, like, looking at them as, a like, a team perspective, defensively I think they're missing a couple pieces. But offensively, they got it. I think, I think defensively they're better than you think. I mean, I don't know – I don't follow the Bills at all, so I don't know, like – their defensive side of things, they're they're back like their free safeties, cor- like studs. Yeah, but their their front, I don't know. Like, I can't even name one of them. Yeah. So, but like, I just know like watching them last night at least, they were kind of like, eh, I don't know. You get her to let the dogs in, so they're not barking our ear. But yeah, so I don't um, follow the Bills like that. But they're they're good. Josh Allen's oh, yeah. the truth. Yep. Um, and Jalen Ramsey is not. No, he, that, he got crushed last oh night. Oh, my God. He got burnt last night, and he's one of the – supposedly one of the better DBs. Might just move that just a little bit closer. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Yeah, so he's he's one of the better DBs out there. So, it's – it's he got – he made – he got made look foolish last night. Oh, yeah. So, but I'm ready for the Giants to start up. I mean, it's been a struggle with them, too, and that's why it's, you know, tough as a Mets – Giants fan because we've been struggling for so long it's like I go from you know 162 games with the Mets and then I go right into the Giants let down so it's just <laughs> emotionally it's just I can't ridiculous I can't keep up with y'all's coaches who's coaching now because <sighs> y'all got rid of uh Jason Garrett didn't you Jason Garrett's gone he was the offensive guy I his name's on the tip of my tongue and I should know this as a fan Brian uh Mm, I forget his name. Somebody D. He came from the Bills. I think he was the he was the little uh, bigger dude. Yeah, he was yeah, the offensive okay. coordinator for the Bills. Um, I'm about to look it up. He was the offensive coordinator for the Bills, and then um, he went there, and everybody loves him. I I'm so focused on baseball right now that I haven't yeah. really been paying that much attention. I know uh, Saquon Barkley supposedly going to have a comeback year, hopefully. Because he's um, been injured, he's him and Christian McCaffrey, man. They just 
they're both really good, but they just keep getting injured. Yeah. And it's just like, it's the same thing. Brian Dabo. Okay. Yep. D-A-B-O-L-L. But, yeah, they, so he, he seems like he's got the guys in the right place. I know, I mean, me, personally, I've been saying this for years, ever since, I mean, we even drafted Daniel Jones. I thought that was the worst pick yeah, I don't, ever. Yeah. I mean, you have the sixth pick in the draft. Yeah. And you go after the quarterback from Duke, who's, A, plays nobody in Duke's conference, really. No. And they're just, he's just not good. I mean, he's been hurt a lot, too. Um, he's shown signs where he, I, I feel like he can be good. But I think he's just not there, no. not there. And uh, like he's run, he runs the ball pretty well. He gets out of the pocket. He's pretty quick, but his ball security is terrible. Um, and then he just took a couple bad decisions here and there. But our offensive weapons have been, you know, not good either. Like our wide receivers have been. We like we just signed uh, Kenny Galloway, uh, Galladay, whatever you say. Oh, from name. the Lions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to like a big contract. And he uh, was, like, hurt um, with the Lions. He was, like, hurt, and they signed him to some big contract. I'm like, why are you getting this guy? Yeah, no. Like, he's been in the league for a little bit, but he's just not – like, he's not going to be your number one receiver. No. If he was, everybody would be going after him. Nobody went after this guy. Because y'all got – um, what's the other dude? Sterling, uh, Sterling Shepard. No, the other one. He's a little younger. Tony? Uh, I think so. I, ju- I Could, just picked I him up. I think it's Kadarius Tony or something. Yeah, uh, he he's a uh, well. This is his second season. Last year was a rookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kadarius Tony. Yep. 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 And he and he showed signs of being uh, pretty good. And then he's just we'll see what this year happens. Like I said last year with Daniel Jones, I think it's tough. Um, we finally got rid of Eg- Evan Ingram, who was the tight end who was getting open and just dropping balls. Yeah. Like left and right, and it's like mind blowing. And so we'll see. Hopefully this year with a new coach, um, you know, he worked a lot with Josh Allen, so I think he's going to run the offense kind of like the Bills did. Yeah. Um, and we'll see if he can turn Daniel Jones into Josh Allen. <laughs> I'm excited to see uh, uh, the Giants coach – I don't know, so the Jets coach. Do you remember the San Francisco 49ers, that big old jack dude that was the defensive coordinator last year? Yeah. So he's the head coach now. I'm excited to see what he does. Obviously, you know, we play them week one. We should blow them out the water. We we really should, especially defensively. But if we don't, whatever. But as long I mean, past week one, I'm excited to see what he'll do. Because I, I really thought he was a really good defensive coach when he was with the 49ers. Because he's been there for three, four years before he went to mm-hmm. the uh, Jets. So... Jets are the Jets uh, with them is tough because their offensive line is not very good. No. So, you know, for you guys being a Ravens fan, you guys should crush them. Yeah. Because their their offensive line is not good. They I think their uh, starting running back is going to be a rookie. Um, Flacco's starting instead of uh, Zach Wilson. He's yeah. hurt. Yeah. So I think there's I like I don't even know who else is on their team offensively. So I think that they're going to struggle. Even yeah. with him, and and that and that kind of stinks too, because like as a coach, you go in and you know your starting quarterback gets hurt, you don't really have the guys yet to be competitive. So, like I don't think the record necessarily should you know matter matter to a, a coach. You know what I mean? It, if you're a good coach, 
you'll bring wins out and you'll you'll do good things. But when your team is not very good, it's just hard. And yeah. the, and a lot of times I feel like the blame goes to the coaches, where it's like, well, I mean, you're paying all these guys who are just underperforming. Yep. So they don't look overall. They always want to point the fingers at the coach. Yeah, exactly. And and in some instances, it is the coach. You know, there's some decisions being made that don't make sense. The offense, like Jay, uh, Jason Garrett last year was the offensive coordinator. He was terrible. Yeah. For us, and it's so in some instances it is the coach, but I don't think when you don't have the right pieces, I think it's tough for you to blame the coach because it's not like you're. You're not cutting some of these guys that aren't performing midseason, right. but they're firing coaches midseason if they have to. And, you know, the offensive coordinator will become the interim coach or defense or whoever. And it's like, well, you know, for instance, I mean, Evan Ingram, like I go back to because he was that bad, the tight end, he was just dropping balls left and right. And it's like, all right, well, yeah, I could see Jason Garrett not doing this thing, but still you got this guy dropping wide open passes. Like you're not just saying, yo, you're done, get out. So and I remember seeing it too because it was like a he used to do it was like like real sh- yeah like real short passes though yeah it, it wasn't even right like here. yeah it wasn't even like deep ball so it's like I remember when I had you say that it's it's insane to me but um, we'll see I'm hoping for a halfway decent year anything better than last year's a step up so y'all look good at the end of last year I thought at least we we had some here and there I, I think it's like I said I, they're still missing a lot of offensive weapons I know. I would have loved to get Beckham back, Odell Beckham. I mean, he was a – in New York, he was a head case. And I think I think it had to do with, you know, he's the type of person that's very social and very outspoken. And in New York, that's just – New York media is just insane. Yeah. Like, I would – my goal, my dream always, you know, was a professional – be a professional baseball player. And, you know, you look back and obviously it didn't go that way. But you look back and you're like, man, you go to New York and you just get, I don't know how some of these guys aren't depressed. It's yeah. like the media just hounds you nonstop, no matter what you do. Yeah. Like you can't even go out in public and do anything. No. So I think that got to him a lot and then they weren't winning. And then um, I think just all of that just, you know, made him blow up to a point where he's just like, I had enough, you know, he's on the sidelines, kicking nets, throwing his helmet. Yeah. He so, did that when y'all played us with yeah. the uh, field goal net. Yep. Yep, and it's like I think you know every once in a while you know you say enough's enough and I gotta get out of here. Um, so he's still a free agent, um, I believe. Anybody, I mean, he's hurt, so yeah. I don't think he'd come back uh, ACL again. So I don't think he'd be ready. Normally, it's like a year. So oh, I thought he was good. Is he good? Yeah, I think so. I just picked him on my uh, fancy team, and it, it said he was good. He just hasn't. He's still a free agent. Oh, really? He posted something last night on Twitter. It was like. Uh, Bill's Mafia looking kind of good with, like, laughing emojis or something. So I don't know if that's saying, like, I'm going there. But that would be big. You got uh, Stefan Diggs, him, and uh, that other kid. Uh, yeah. Can't think of his name, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're good offensively. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised, honestly, that the Rams don't want him back. Uh, I'm shocked. I mean, he was when he got traded from the Browns and went there, he was going off. Yeah. Like. He was playing well. Back to that giant prime yeah. days. Like. Yeah, he was playing really well. So I'm surprised. I know they made some additions, but I'm surprised that they they don't want him back. And I don't know if there's, you know, they paid some of these guys that they picked up that they don't want to, you know, waste their money and bring him back. But, I, I mean, I think he – and he probably wants to start. 
you know, he's probably he's probably one of those guys that want to start. Probably he's probably got mad because let's all be real. Cooper Cup, sh- me personally, I think Cooper Cup should have won MVP last year. Yeah, Cooper Cup. That the truth. dude is for real, he and he's so truth. underrated that people under under underrate him all the time. Like they put Devontae Adams and uh, uh, sometimes Stefan Diggs in front of him. I'm like, no, like they're not they're not even near him. No, no, he's he's unreal. Like yeah. I. I started watching him, you know, uh, come playoff time because, like I said, I watch the Giants. I don't really watch much other football than that unless it's, you know, my in-laws are Redskins fans, so I'll watch their games or, or whatever. Sometimes I'll watch whatever's on TV. But uh, when the playoffs hit, dude, he was unreal. Like, he was just getting open all the time. Yep. Like, it was nobody could cover him. And yeah. it was insane. And then he was catching everything. Yeah. So it was like, dude, this guy's a freak. Like he, had, he he had thirteen catches yesterday, and it had they they lost. Yeah, it's like he just gets he just finds a way to get open, and it's yep. it's insane, and um, it's it makes you, it makes you kind of wonder like what are these kids? They just got born with like this crazy athletic talent. Like, yep. um, you know, Derek Jeter um always said you know hard work beats talent, but. I think talent – I mean, hard work definitely does, but I think you can only work so hard. Like, yeah. you got God-gifted talent. Yeah. Like, you can I, – I can't go in the backyard and put in hours and hours and hours and hours of work and then be the next Derek Jeter. Like, you just have that talent. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's just him, for instance. Cooper Cup is still – you know, I played wide receiver in high school, and I didn't obviously work hard, hard, but I, I did what I had to do, did extra work, this, that, and the other. But it's like – I was nowhere near going to be Cooper Cup, no matter how hard I worked. Yeah. So it's like, it's like I think God-given talent plays a huge, huge part. Speaking of Derek Jeter, I haven't watched that ESPN. It's awesome. Is it good? It's awesome. How many? Is it a movie or is it a series? It's a series. I think it's eight episodes. Okay. It's it's awesome. Uh, Derek Jeter, just as a baseball player and a baseball fan, it's he's just iconic. Yeah. And. A lot of people say he was overrated because he played for the Yankees, which I don't know. I mean, I I don't agree, but I kind of do because it's like, I mean, your team was always good. You know, you, you always had good guys around you. So, yeah, you won this many championships because your team was so good. Yeah. Because baseball more – it's not like basketball where it's like Michael Jordan can take over the game and score 60. Uh, literally, yeah. yeah. You know, or LeBron James can take over, score 50, 60. It's, baseball's a, such a team effort that, yeah. you know, you can still have your clutch hits but and make great plays defensively, but you still got, you know, the whole team that's got to perform. Yeah. So I think it's hard to judge Jeter like that by saying, like – He's overrated if he went somewhere else, but it's kind of true. It's like if you were on the worst team in the league, you wouldn't be Derek Jeter. Yeah. You know, you you were fortunate enough to get drafted on the Yankees, which was an iconic dynasty for that many years. And um, I think that that had to do with a lot of it. But if you watch the the ESPN documentary, it's awesome. It just goes into, you know, his life and uh, some things you didn't even know about him which um there's a lot but he just dealt with so much like criticism because he was drafted at 18 yeah and he actually the first in the documentary uh the first couple years he wasn't very good like i think it was the first year maybe he wasn't very good at all at all like he went to spring training was terrible like defensively offensively 
Damn. Yeah, and they and he had some battles with the GM too, uh, Brian Cashman throughout the years, and um, just on his performance. Like when he was getting older, uh, the GM wanted to get rid of him, and they sat there, jeered down about it. Him and his agent didn't want to pay him as much or whatever, and Derek Jeter was like, "I'm going to prove him wrong." That's the type of guy he was, you know. So he did work hard, yeah. But he did have that talent. But he worked his ass off and was like, "All right, well, I'm going to prove everybody wrong that I'm not washed up. Like I still got it." Yeah. So it's 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 a, it's a cool documentary. It's like, did you watch the Tom Brady one that they did in the arena? Yeah, I've only watched the first episode. So the Tom Brady one's good. Um, did you watch the Michael Jordan one that ESPN oh, did? Yeah. The last? Oh yeah. yeah, that's phenomenal. That was the probably one of the best sports documentaries I think I've ever seen. It was awesome. It was like, it was awesome, and, and that's what I like about documentaries like that. Like I think it's, I think it's hard, you know. There's a lot of iconic, you know, athletes out there that did a lot for the game, but like, Derek Jeter, Tom Brady, Jordan, like those three. Like I think it's hard for I think it's gonna be hard for ESPN to pick do it again to yeah. pick it up. I think if they do it, this is me personally. I think their next one's got to be Serena Williams, because she's like the goat of tennis. Yeah. Because they've already done a load of goats. Yeah, it's like I think they got to do. I think they got to do her and deep dive into her, and I think it'd be pretty sweet. I think uh, Michael Phelps. I think they should do him because, like, you think of swimmers. Well, me at least when I think of swimmers, I think okay, Michael Phelps. I don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know anybody any, else. I don't know anybody else, and that that guy was awesome too. Um, but yeah, so the documentaries are cool. I like it because it deep dives into their life. Yep. Instead of you know. Um, just what you see on the media. Like, he he was talking about true stuff on there, like his, his bickering with different teammates, his uh, grudge with A-Rod when A-Rod came over. So just a real quick summary. Like, him and A-Rod were real close when A-Rod was on the Mariners because they were both shortstops, both up and coming, both good. And uh, they became, like, best friends. And then A-Rod uh, went on some, you know, some article and was, like, talking shit. Like, kind of was like, you know, it's – kind of this don't, don't quote me but he's kind of saying like it's easier for jeter to hit second or first or second and then you have all these guys behind you you don't have to be a real leader when jeter was the captain of the yankees i was gonna say yeah so it he kind of threw some shade there and jeter says in his documentary that he's a real loyal guy and until you're not loyal to him so he said loyalty without this was a quote that i'll kind of never forget but i might botch it he said loyalty Without loyalty in return, it's just stupidity, which I thought was an awesome quote because yeah. you could be loyal so much. Well, if someone's not loyal to you, then what, you're wasting your time. Yeah. And that's how he felt. So he cut a lot of people out of his life, and A-Rod was one of them. Like, they still played together for a while, but they weren't as close as they were ever since he said that quote. And and, and it was – it was he'll tell you, like, in the documentary, it's like, yeah, I don't really kind of mess with him as, like I did when we first started out. Does he did he talk about like is he, is he cool with them now or ah uh, they might be cordial yeah. but like they're not they were like best friends yeah and like brothers basically yeah yeah and they were you know they said in the documentary like because they flash back to interviews back in the day and and they say like hey this isn't competition like he's good on his team I'm good on my team and this is what we do you know we're just getting after it baseball player yeah. yeah and then I think A Rod kind of was jealous in my opinion, from what you see in the documentary, because he was in Seattle. They were all right, but Derek Jeter's winning, you know, championships and in New York with the New York media, and you're in Seattle. So he's just getting so much more hype. And A-Rod was hitting bombs. Like, A-Rod was 
honestly, I think numbers-wise was performing better than Jeter. And I think he was a little bit of a hater when it came to that because Jeter was still getting all that attention. But that's just New York media, which A-Rod's actually a cool dude. I, I had the opportunity to work out with him when I was training for baseball in Miami. And he's actually – he's humble. I mean, he's, I mean, you're working out with a bunch of guys that are college and uh, a couple pros. But he was, he was humble, uh, quiet, and just did his workouts and stuff like that. So it was cool. It was a cool experience, but is he big, like stocky? He's pretty big. He's tall. Yeah. He's tall. He's pretty big. Um, really didn't lift heavy. I will say that a lot of his stuff was more like lightweight, lighter weights. I say lighter weights because you know, a professional athlete, you expect him to throw weight around, but um, lighter weight and just more of kind of staying flexible while also getting stronger. You saw. You said you uh, you met. Are you no? Sorry, you worked out with Rollins Chapman, right? Rollins Chapman, uh, Machado, yeah, um, a couple other guys. It was it was it was a really cool experience, man. I know uh, Rollins Chapman almost got kicked out of the gym one day because he um, came to the workout smelling like straight alcohol. Like went out the night before, just came, and the trainer actually reamed him out. Well, he had a translator. He doesn't I was speak say, He don't even speak English. No, so she reamed out the translator, and she he translated <laughs> to him. So it was nuts. But this guy was long tossing, um, like bullets, dude. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's the workout was cool because me and my boy were the only two D two players there. So my my boy, uh, he's actually a cop now in Miami. His good friend was the catcher for his high school team and he got drafted the first round so he put him on and then my friend put me on so right. um so every winter for well not every uh two two years in a row in the winter time i went and spent the whole month in miami uh when we had winter break um before the season and we were just trained with all those guys and it was cool i mean the first year i went it was a couple you know professional guys and then uh, it was the same year that Machado got drafted, and uh, I'm not gonna lie, he was weak, like really weak. Like, I, was he cocky? Uh, not really. I mean, you know, he was. He showed up with the big chain, the yeah. earrings in, yeah. like you know, and, and what anybody would do when you make your 18, getting paid all that money. Exactly. Um, but he wasn't. He was cool to work out with. You know, still, you know, still bullshitted. Still had laughed as much as you could. Like it was. It was strictly business when he went there. Like it was no, no messing around. Like you were there and put in the work and. Uh, but he was weak. Like, I was sitting there. I was working out with uh, Yonder Alonzo. I don't know. He, he was a first baseman. He played for the Padres for a little bit. Um, I forget who else he played for. But he was good. First baseman. He was uh, from the University of Miami also. Um, big dude. But I was working out with him, lifting heavy. And, you know, Machado. Some of the other guys that are, you know, playing professional sports are like, putting up 25s and I'm sitting there throwing up like 60s, 70s, like just repping them out. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. That made me feel like, you know, a little bit better because I'm looking at these guys and they're living out the dream that I, I wish I was. And, um, it was cool to just be out there outlifting them and stuff like that. And then, uh, one day we actually raced, like did, uh, sand races in the sand pit. And, uh, we beat me and my boy beat A-Rod in the race. And, you know, we were kind of, like, dapping each other up. Yeah, Yeah, but he, he like, saw it out of his corner of his eye and was, like, started talking shit. Like, oh, you guys think you're quick like that? And then he burnt (laughs) us, dusted us. He's not even that fast for the MLB, but for us, he just dusted us. It was all – it was cool. It was definitely cool. Um, And where we worked out at the University of Miami, we worked out in the football weight room. So, 
you know, we had professional football players coming there too that were ex University of Miami players and they were just throwing around weight and so the the trainer was actually a female whose husband was the strength and conditioning coach for the University of Miami. So we had her and then she brought in this uh, Olympic gymnast who was our ab uh coach or trainer. So we got it was good. We got crushed, but it was awesome. Like you were sore yeah. Like three days, but it was awesome, awesome experience. And then some of the guys after workout would go play basketball. So we all go play. Not A Rod. A Rod, you know, pick got paid too much money to do that. But uh, Machado came and played every once in a while. You know, just messing around. It was cool. Because like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Chapman pitch. I I watch all his stuff because like him. So it's Chapman is my favorite. I guess you could say pitcher. Uh-huh. Um, Machado is my favorite. Like real baseball player. Like. I don't want to say real, but like, yeah, offensive. Player, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then Odor, Runet Odor. Yeah, yeah. So those three like are like real close. But I've always watched Chapman every time he faces us. Have you ever noticed the dude is sweating like he's in a swamp? Yeah. Like if you ever get a chance, like oh my god, like it's it's so much sweat. I'm like like it, like his hat, like all this will uh-huh. just it'll be like a dark red. Uh-huh. Like I'm like wh- like why is that? Like they, it's, I don't get it. They actually put in like. In the bullpen, they actually go through, like, all this warm-up to get loose and sweat all, you know, sweat as much as possible because it makes you get loose. So he probably just, you know, goes out in the bullpen and just goes nuts and, yeah. <laughs> and gets all warmed up and ready to go. It's just like our uh, uh, Felix Batista. Mm-hmm. That's like our, like, new big reliever or whatever. He, same with him. Like, he'll come out, and he's got just, I mean, just drenched, just dripping down. I'm like, God dang. I'm actually curious to know how many pitches they actually throw in there to get warmed up. Because I, I, you got to think they're throwing, you know, right back to back to back to back to back. So that's probably also, too, uh, working on their stuff. You know, they probably run sprints to loosen up their legs, you know, doing all this stuff. Um, but I'm actually curious. I never knew how many pitches they actually threw. It probably varies, I guess, depending on the pitcher once they feel like they're comfortable. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and like, I guess – Relieving like relieving pitchers could pitch like two innings, closing pitchers. I mean, unless you're the Orioles, but they usually just pitch an inning. Yeah, and then it's. I mean, unless it goes to extras, but. Yeah, then normally the closer normal pitch an inning, uh, sometimes two. Yeah, uh, especially in the playoffs. If the playoffs come, you know, you're gonna have. Or starting pitchers too in the playoffs. Yeah, I've seen that happen. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which is which is a good thing kind of for the Mets because a lot of their offensive guys – I mean, offense – a lot of their pitching staff, the starters are pretty legit. So but DeGrom's been a ghost since he came back. DeGrom's been ridiculous. Scherzer's been ridiculous until he just got this little injury that uh, they're downplaying, I think. And then Bassett actually has been ridiculous too. So those three, I mean, if you look at it, you should be winning series. Yeah. Like, you should be – three-game series, you should – with DeGrom and Scherzer, you should at least take two games. And then Bassett, the way he's been pitching – that's th- that should be three games right there, yeah. and then you should be able to just figure it out. But our offense has just been so like up and down and non-reliable. It's just it's tough right now. And you guys still got uh, Tayshon Walker, don't you? Yeah, and he's been a first half pitcher. Uh, first half of the season, he's been nuts. You know, pitching ridiculous. And then the second half, same thing last year. He got then he got hurt, and then it just all went downhill. See, I I used to never. When I used to watch sports, it used to just just be like football only, and like I'm I I watched the Heat back in started watching them in 2010 with Braun Wade and Bosch. I don't think 2010 might have only just been Braun. 
But like a lot of people are like, oh, you only watch it because no, uh, I don't, I don't know. Probably you probably don't remember him. Uh, this guy named Chris Anderson. Yeah, big uh, bird. Burman. Yeah. Burman. Yeah. That dude, when he went, I, I watched him in Memphis. Was I didn't really watch NBA. I just seen him, and I was like. I like him, and he went to Miami, and I started watching. I watched every game in Miami the from 2010 to 2015, every single game, and then I started like because you got to pay all that money, and I'm like, I'm not doing that, so uh-huh. I stopped watching him. But I've been watching him for a while. But that that man was the thing. But like, it was just it was just football and basketball. Then baseball came along. I only caught the end of like David Ortiz, Jeter. Uh, Alex was still in there. Like, all these, like, top guys were just leaving, like, or, <clears throat> like, getting old. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like – and to me, back then, watching baseball, the Orioles were the, the team. Like, we had good talent, but we always would lose in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So, I used to watch baseball games. I'm like, I get to the second inning, I'm like, I'm ready to turn this off. Like, I can't. It's the same with basketball. Like, to me, the best moments in basketball is the final two minutes. Mm-hmm. If it's close, turn it on. Football, different. I can watch the whole game and it'd be fine. And then, like, soccer, I just started watching that. Like, Premier League, not English, not uh, U.S. soccer, but over the league. And I used to hate soccer. Like, really? Oh, I hated it. Like, it would come on after football games or something. I, I would uh, hated it. Started watching it. Probably one of my favorite sports to watch now. Wow. Like, yeah, I, n- I never really got into soccer. Uh I, I will say I probably watched maybe a game a little bit of uh, when Team USA's women's was in the World Cup and stuff like oh, yeah. that. Uh, but, no, I never really got into soccer. Uh, basketball, I never really, you know, got into much really either. I mean, I just think that – and this is what kind of – it's it's hard for baseball and uh, – and football, and this might be biased because I played both of them and love them both, it's hard for you to take plays off. Where in basketball, I feel like that there's no defense anymore. Oh, no. Like, you can't. Not like it used to be. No. Like, it's you can't. There's no, like, hard fouls. Nope. There's no – not even hard defense because you get called f- for fouls oh, all the time. Exactly. But or it's you like, be LeBron, get air blown on you, you ask for a foul. Yeah, like, yeah. So, that, that really kind of deterred me. Uh, I did watch the Heat a little bit when – so, Braun went after Dwayne, uh, Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade was there the whole time. Then Braun went and Bosh. I think they all went the same year. Well, Bosh and Braun joined the same year, and Wade was already there. And then I don't know if Birdman went the first year with them and got signed. Yeah, he did. Did he? Yeah, he, we, they got a ring with uh, him, Ray Allen, all those guys. Yeah, I don't know if that was the first year. It might have been. It might have been. Um, I don't know. I don't know which I – do, I just – I do know that uh, – Chris Anderson was there when they got one. Yeah, they de- he was definitely there when they got one. And I know Ray Allen was because he made that big shot in the playoff game. Yeah. Uh, so, but like I said, basketball, it's just I feel like there's so – they just take so many plays off. It's like – it's hard for me to watch. It's like, all right, well, you know, Steph Curry's pulling up from half court. Right. Like, I want. I miss the Dennis Rodman days. Yeah. Like, God, the just, Pistons too. Like, come on. Like, you you push me, we're all fighting. Like, exactly. that's – that's what you want to see now. It's all sensitive stuff. And, and that's, I'm, like, same with hockey, too. Like, if you ever, like, back in the day, God dang it, they got down. Yeah. Now, it's, like, a fight maybe a month, if that. There's actually a documentary on Netflix. I forget what it's called. But it was actually this, um, like, minor league hockey team. 
and uh, these guys from, I want to say they were from New York, maybe. I don't know. I think they were Italian, but they were, um, was either New York or Boston? I think it was New York. But they, um, like, bought this minor league hockey team and just got these guys who just wanted to throw down. And it was just, like, madness. It's it's awesome. I got to figure out, and I'll, I'll text you what the name of it is. But, yeah, it's just madness. Like, the, the whole documentary, they're just talking about, like, how. Just fighting and yeah, stuff. Yeah, just, they would just fight, like, on the ice. And it was, like, back in the day, like, blood on the ice. Like, they were getting after it. Yeah. And it, and it, it was a cool documentary. I never I never really got into hockey like that either. Um, I'll, I'll watch it come playoffs. Yeah. I, I, like, I watch only the Caps. I'm not. Yeah. I, people like, hell, did you see that? Like, I have no idea. I don't know <laughs> players like that. I just know the Caps and. Uh, in the playoffs, but they've been. But it's weird for me is because, like, I don't watch soccer. I never really played soccer except for, like, when you're five and that's, like, the only sport you can play. Yeah. Um, and then hockey I never watched, but uh, my buddy of mine who I grew up with is ridiculous at hockey. He played uh, – he plays professional, like, roller hockey. Okay. So he's good. He's real good. But uh, growing up with him, you know, I'd go to his tournaments or in his driveway I'd slap on the – the goalie gear and stuff like that. Uh, I play pond hockey, like, with friends, but I never really got into watching it. But, like, soccer, hockey, like, I'll play the video games all, all day and, oh, ha- FIFA? And, have a, and have a blast. But I won't. I just won't watch it. I just can't yeah. Just can't watch it. But I'll play FIFA. If I mean, I didn't buy it, but, like, if somebody's got it. Like, in college, that's all we did was play. Like, FIFA, NBA, NHL, that was it. Like, mostly NHL, but, like, we'd play them all. And I love the video games, but just uh, – from a watching perspective, I never just really got into it. I, I say this: baseball fans in the playoffs, amazing. It's like, awesome. It's amazing. It's awesome. I can't even imagine. Like, and that's why I say that's why I give like a lot of props to these professional athletes too. It's like I've never played in front of baseball wise in front of you know more than maybe a couple hundred people. Like, uh, but just even that, it's like. Your adrenaline's just pumping, nope. pumping, pumping, pumping. It's like it's nuts. And when you get like seventy, fifty thousand people, yeah. it's like you can't even like hear yourself think. Yep. It's insane. And that's why I also give these guys props. It's because like they're just they could just cancel it all out and, you know, just go up there and have fun, don't feel pressure. Yep. And just, you know, go play the game. And uh I think the most we probably had maybe football. my high school is a very good football school. We might be had, you know, maybe five, anywhere from like four to six thousand people at every game. That's a lot of people. A lot of people, dude. Like a lot of people. Tonight we had what? I don't know, a couple hundred. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a lot of people. I, I feel like it might be a stretch, but it, it was at least in like the thousands. Yeah, and yeah, still a thousand people is still a lot for. Dude, it was so when I the school that I went to for high school football was growing up like middle school they were just such a powerhouse like we got uh the kid no sean marino that i told you about the other day yeah uh he was our running back and as a freshman that kid was just ridiculous like as a start as a freshman was just crushing it and then you know he got better as years went on and then his senior year we had i think like 11 or 12 kids go d1 yeah dang yeah we his actually his like the, the offense we we ran uh was um like a wing, so we had him and then two on the side, uh, or an eye, and his actually like his backup running back was just as good 
but uh, he went to jail his last year, which is like odd because I'm in a town where like you don't really have much of that. Um, but yeah, he was just good. But they were yeah, I think like 12 kids went D1, and then they won three. They won every. They won four years in a row, I think, four years in a row, a state championship, and then was it four or three? Yeah, his freshman year, I think they won it. Sophomore year, junior year, senior year, they won it. God dang. Mm-hmm. And then when I came, so I was there his senior year. It was my freshman year. And then, so we just had all that hype. We were, they were, they were, every year that he was there, they were, they were, I think they were 36 and 0 in that, in that three-year span. Wow. And then my sophomore year is when I started varsity. And um, so we still had that hype and we were still, undefeated and we actually went um we lost one game my sophomore year um I think it was 19-14 it was a wild game and um that was our first loss in four years and then we didn't lose again after that we won the state championship so five years in a row I think it was state championship that's a stud high school dude nuts what's it called what's the name of the high school Middletown South to New Jersey, uh, Middletown, New Jersey. And, and the coaching staff, most of the coaching staff is still there. Uh, the head coach is still there. He's – That coached you? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, he's, now right now he coaches my little brother, actually. Um, well, my little brother got hurt, but he would be playing football. Um, yeah, so we won another state championship after that. And then uh, my junior year, we, we got knocked out of the playoffs. And then my senior year, we went back to the state championship, lost 21-14. But, yeah, it was a powerhouse, dude, and it was fun. It was fun because you had such support from the town and everybody. And then our rival high school is called Middletown North, so it's, like, literally, like, Middletown South and then, like, I don't know, a couple miles down the road you have Middletown North. And Thanksgiving, dude, that's when we had, no lie, probably 5,000 5, people there because you're playing that yeah. rivalry. You have people you know, who might not live there anymore but still come home to visit family. You had kids coming home from college. Insane game, dude, insane. It starts early in the morning because they normally – it's like a homecoming type thing, game. Yeah. It's not – and not really, but sort of. And then, you know, they have like the senior kids walk with their parents. So there's a whole bunch of stuff you got to do. And then um, the game starts, but it's insane. It's a good time. You know, it's, it sounds just like uh – like Man United versus Man City, like I don't know if you know like the uh, England team, but like yeah, that's, that, some rival- that's what that's rivalry. what I think of like when I hear people coming down because like rivalry games in any sport is always going to be a load of people. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's it's actually I mean we didn't really have much social media back then. I kind of make myself sound old, but I think it'd be ten times bigger, maybe bigger, but like worse as in like. It'd be more aggressive because everybody, you know, now everybody just talks shit like all the time. And and you have the keyboard warriors out there. Yep. And like then you kind of we didn't really talk to each other. You know, you knew people from and we all kind of it was weird because we were rivals, but we all kind of like were cool. You know, I mean, there's a there's like one or two guys on that team that I didn't like that. Like I would love to knock out, yeah. honestly. But like other than that, everybody was cool and we just played the game. There was no like there was. One one kid I'll never forget. He was a dirty player, offensive lineman. Um, he said some racist shit to me that really aggravated me. And then um, he, I was in a pile. I played defensive end. I was in a pile, and he actually, you know, grabbed my private area and like squeezed it while he was on top of me. 
and that had me so pissed. <laughs> but, uh. but, and so that's one of the kids like I hated, hated on that team. But everybody else, you know, was cool. And we all, some of them I played travel baseball with. So we all, the town was so close, like Middletown, like the rivalry was so close. So it's like Northern Middletown and Middletown. But we all stayed in that area. So we all kind of grew up. Like, so we, in, in my area, we have middle school sports, like all of them. Like, not just, you know, I know, I think, Spring Ridge has what just basketball. Yeah, no, they, they used to have a baseball team, but I don't think they do anymore. Yeah, we had football. Base, no, we didn't have football. Oh, okay, but we had like a club football yeah. that still played the rival thing. But we had baseball, softball, women's bat, uh, girls basketball, men's basketball, wrestling, field hockey, cross country. Uh, did I say soccer? Men, men and women's soccer. Uh, we had we had all that. It's like a whole high school, yeah, basically. Yeah, my middle school is huge. My middle school is big too. But so, and we played other middle schools. Like it wasn't just a couple. We played, you know, after school, just like high school. After school, you're getting ready and going to play other high schools. So we all played each other, you know, all the way travel ball to middle school to. So we all kind of were familiar with each other and knew right. each other and things like that. Well, I mean, and also when you play sports, like, like for me, I cannot stand cocky people. Like, if I know you and you're being kind of, okay, whatever. Because, uh-huh. nah, see, it's a game, whatever. But, like, man, people that, like, like, internet people that get cocky, I could care less. Because, uh-huh. you know. But, like, when they're face-to-face and you don't know them, they start running their mouth. Oh, my God. I hate that. And that's why it's, like, I respect anybody that I play against. I always respect them. But if they start getting cocky. That goes out the door. Like, I always have good sportsmanship no matter what I do. But if you're cocky, no. So that was one of my my flaws. I wouldn't say I was really cocky, cocky. My, But I, w- I, had, I had a bigger head than some because I wasn't, like, a superstar. But I was pretty good. Pretty legit yeah. at football, baseball, wrestling in middle school uh, after my – sixth grade year but then I quit my sophomore year but of high school but wrestling I I didn't I didn't play I mean football I didn't play till my freshman year of high school that was my first year ever playing football oh really yeah and I actually went off on the freshman team and got moved up to varsity uh for the playoffs which I didn't pl- I played on a kick return in the state championship yeah, but much, yeah right? but um I was kind of I was more confident like I wasn't like cocky like rubbing it in people's faces except for and I did it mostly, like, around my teammates. Like, not, like, you know, talking shit, but, like, so my senior year, I wasn't going to play football. And I was just going to focus on baseball. I knew baseball was what I wanted to do in college. So I was just going to train, you know. And then my coaches, I had two coaches that, like, my one coach called me, like, every day and was trying to get me to come out. And I was like, no, nah, man, I don't think so. Like, called me every day. Then my head coach called me, and he was like, hey – I just want you to come down to the field and um, come down to the office, just talk to me, and let me know what you're thinking. So I went down, talked to him, we had a good conversation, and then um, as I was leaving, I drove past the field, I stopped my car, and sat in the bleachers and looked at the field. And I thought to myself, which, I mean, this is a true story, it sounds like it'd be like a corny movie, but true story, (laughs) I, I... I sat in the bleachers and said, am I okay with sitting in the bleachers while my teammates and some of my best friends and, like, a family are out in that field? 
I sat there, sat there, sat there. And I called them the next day. And I'm like, I'm in. I'm coming. So he's like, all right, come in next. We had these things on Wednesdays in the summer called Scullies. I'm like, all right. So I showed up. And this is what I mean. Like, I did it to my teammates, like, jokingly, but kind of, sort of not. I showed up. I had these big diamond earrings in. Because uh, Scullies in the summertime, you can't hit. It's all no pads, nothing. Just, yeah. you know, uh, just, you know, drills and things like that. I showed up with earrings in. I showed up with, like, a customized uh, dry fit shirt. Uh, all white cleats, glue, my gloves. I played wide receiver and DN because uh, I was skinnier back then. And I just showed up and I was just, you know, acting like I was Tariq Hill or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I wasn't, I wasn't really that that cocky of a of a person in that aspect. Now to females, I was very cocky. <laughs> but that's just that was just my personality. I was very flirty, very you know cocky, kind of th- thought my shit didn't stink type. Yeah. Um, in that aspect, but like I never was the one who was like disrespecting the other team, like yeah, talking. I didn't really, I never really talked shit until somebody talked shit to me. Yeah, um, I was more like quiet. Like if I made a nice play, I wasn't like showboating or like rubbing nice in play. the face. Yeah, yep. like nice play. You know, in football, you know, you get a sack, you might like pump your fist, but it wasn't like I wasn't like over top of them flexing, right. like like things like that. And um, so. I wasn't cocky in that aspect, but I had that confidence in me where I walked with confidence and, you know, kind of did my thing that way. Well, I think we're a little – no, we're good. I just want to ask two more things. So, f- uh, one thing. Did, have you seen – well, first, do you have Netflix? Netflix, I do. Have you, uh, have you seen the new – the uh, Manti Teo documentary? Yeah, I did. That's crazy. It's wild. It's it's wild because you feel bad for him. Like yeah. I mean, at least I did. It's like this guy got ran out of football uh, with a career that could have been so good. He's a beast. And this this you know person just ruined his whole reputation. And you know I didn't know much about him. You know, you just hear what's on the media, and that's one thing I hate about media. It's like they feed you the narrative and most people like myself included will you know get caught up in that narrative especially back then like I didn't I was in college I didn't really care about researching it and things like that um maybe not even college I might have been out of college but still I was still young 21 22 if if that and I didn't really care about looking into it see it believe it yeah Yeah. and um it was just it's sad man because it could have been so good and then to watch the documentary it's like he was a religious dude like, no issues. Like, just played the game the right way and then just got suckered into this. And it's and just it's, a shame. And you watch it and it's like, I don't even know what the dude is. it a girl? Is it is it a guy? Is it's a, a, uh, she's a, it's a it, I guess. Or she, they don't use pronouns. She's, it was a dude and then turned female. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know what, because I don't want to say the wrong name or something. Exactly. Whatever that person is, seemed like they didn't care. You know, like I don't like towards the end, like in the in the begin in the middle, she like was like talking about like you know, I, I, looking back, I regret like all that stuff. But towards the end, it was just kind of like I did it, I got away with it. It is what it is. Like I don't. I, I don't think know. I think there's a certain point where people don't they don't feel bad until they get caught. So yeah. if that person never got caught, I don't think they would have any remorse. No. And then they get caught, and I still don't think it's 
I think it's kind of fake remorse, but I think that that's was her or his or whatever thing in the documentary was like, you didn't, you weren't upset because you did it. You were upset that you got caught. Caught, yep, exactly. And I mean, that's, yeah, it was messed up. It was definitely messed up. Um, oh, last thing I want to ask, um, I saw you doing, uh, what is it called? Uh, like going on trips and stuff. What's that called? Travel, being a travel agent. Yeah. How's that been going? It's going good. It's going better than I thought. Um, so I know when we talked, uh, you know, when we were first going to do this, you talked about like entrepreneurship and things like that. Um, I always, my, one of my dreams was always to kind of have my own business and, um, always wanted to have a baseball facility, honestly, a place where you can, um, kind of like Willow's rec center, but better in my opinion. I always, you know, dreamed of having turf fields in it. We had a place back in New Jersey. It had turf fields in it, hockey rink, um, like the nets, like the baseball nets. Yeah. Hitting cages. So you can do so much with it. And it wasn't like Willow's where you had to pull. They, I think they roll turf out. Yeah. No, you had your own turf field. That was a full soccer field and you could play whatever in it. You had a, a hockey rink, uh, basketball, and it was this big thing. I've always wanted to own something like that where um, athletic training. I, lo- I love baseball. I have coached baseball. I've given hitting lessons to uh, my most recent was a kid that was at um, Riken, who's in college now. Um, so I've always wanted to do something with baseball. always want to run my own business, and then that didn't pan out. You have to have a lot of investors and things like that. It's just stuff that – you have to have a lot of cash up front, and it's a, it's a huge risk, honestly. Yeah. It's a very huge risk, and you got to – I feel like anybody that takes that risk has some sort of backing. Some people may not, but I think a lot of people might um, have some sort of backing, or they're just – don't maybe not have kids. Like, I can't foresee ever, you know, putting my wife and my kids in such such, such, such amount of debt that we had to lose our house. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with this travel agency, it's – I signed up under somebody who, in a travel agent company, and uh, so it's still my own business per se, but I still I'm still under like a, a host agency. So right. you know I I pay them monthly for stuff like they'll take care of my website, um, they take care of training. So if I want to get caught up to speed on stuff like that, but I've enjoyed it so far. I've always loved travel. Um, I started doing it a, a little bit more now, but. Always loved it, and then I, I'm big into kind of planning, and I don't know if it's like a um, a control thing with me, but like bachelor parties previously, I helped plan my boys' bachelor parties and kind of took control, researching, things like that. Uh, my wife just went on a bachelorette party with my soon-to-be sister-in-law, um, and I planned that for him, looked up stuff. So I've always been interested in it, and then I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to give it a go. And it's it's been going pretty well. It's been it's been going really well. Uh, I've gotten a lot of support from the local community here, uh, people that I know and people that I don't even know that have booked through me and things like that. So it's been it's been fun. It's definitely been fun. Is it hard to book like so like people do they book like vacations and stuff? Yeah. So they book. Uh, so I can do pretty much book a lot of stuff. So I can book like uh, baseball tickets football oh, tickets really? yeah yeah so i have oh, a I have a vendor partner that i'm with that i'm under also that i can utilize to you know get concert tickets baseball game any sporting event concerts any events 
Then I have other ones that, you know, I can book tours through. Like, say you want to go to, I don't know, Las Vegas, where I'm, go- I'm going to Vegas in two weeks. That's why I just brought it up. But I have a site where I can book these tours for you. Uh, and then, you know, we have all-inclusive vacations, cruises, cabins, like ski cabins. Uh, I can book hotels, flights. I can book anything you want, pretty much. So how is it like? So how is it like? Tr- like trying to book out of the country? Do you do those? Yeah. Yep. Is it a pain or is it kind of re- like? Not really. So I, I have different search engines I can use. So really, it's just kind of plug and play. Uh, I think the biggest, biggest thing that I've kind of not worried about, but kind of you know stressing me out a little bit is um, just kind of wanting to make it perfect for everybody um, that I book through, like it's my own trip. So like I try to make sure they get the best flight that's available. And I try to get them the best price available. So that's kind of my biggest thing because some of the some of the things like I don't know in today's world you kind of feel awkward just being like, hey how much do you want to spend right you want you know so you want to plan it and yeah I keep that open mind like hey this is what I would spend so I'm gonna move forward with this I normally send people you know six five or six op different options with different flights different hotels whatever they may need and uh, it's worked out that well that way pretty well. Um, do you have to like so like their passports and stuff? Do you have to fill out a bunch of paperwork for that, or is it kind of just like make sure you have it at the airport and you're good? Yep, just oh. make sure make sure you got it. I just only thing I got to do is fill out their information, really, uh, and then they'll get you know a separate email maybe like hey fill like I just booked a cruise for some a cruise for somebody and they'll get like a separate email like hey check in and do you know your passport stuff. Uh, some of them still require like vaccination cards, like make or show proof of vaccination, so things like that. So that's after after that, that's out of my hair. So I'll still be able, to, I'll still be here to help people. Like if they got any questions uh, about anything, or want to book more, or you know, want to know more about the cruise or the hotel or the area or things like that. So I'm still here to help along the way, even though I book. I'm not just saying, all right, I booked you later. I right. try to help them as much as I can. Um, the the cool thing about it to me is that. I don't charge a fee for the clients to use me. So uh, I get commission from these hotels, resorts, the resorts, the airlines, they'll pay me. That's how I make my money. So it's free for the potential client to utilize my service. So I'll do all your research. And uh, sometimes, I mean, I haven't really dealt with it yet, but sometimes, you know, people reach out, I'll give them a bunch of stuff and then they'll just kind of ghost me whether I don't know if they booked themselves or just not ready yet. Either way, it doesn't matter. But um, I don't charge a fee. So I feel like that's more enticing for people to, you know, come to me because it's not like, all right, well, now I got to pay for my trip, but I also have to pay this guy. Yeah, you know what I mean? So um, that's one of the things that I was excited about when signing up. I was like, well, I don't want to charge these people like a fee to – to utilize my service when they're going to show out, you know, who knows, five, $6,000 on an all-inclusive trip right. with flights. So it's pretty cool. And I, and I, like I said, I've always wanted to own my own business. I know when it comes back, I know I think we're short on time, but it comes back to the thing like in today's world with college. So like kind of for me, when I went to college, I was the first one in my family to go to college. And a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, you can get a loan for college, but can't get a loan for to start your own business at 18, right? And I kind of agree and disagree with that. So my stance on it is that if when you go to college, it doesn't mean you're better than anybody. I know plenty of people that didn't go to college that are rolling in money, 
making money. So it, it doesn't mean that. But when people say that, I think it's saying, I think the why they give the loans to people going to college, I think it's because they the loan people think that people that get degrees will have a guaranteed job after college. Yeah. And they know that they will some way get that money back. And that's my personal perspective on it. I don't know if that's true. but So that's why I think that they'll be willing to give it to someone going to college and somebody that's like, okay, well, I want to start a lawn care service. I need X, Y, and Z to get trucks, lawnmowers, yes. weed eaters. Yep. Get, like, I need this to get started. And they're like, well, you're 18. You still live with your parents. And you don't know if this is going to work out. So I think that's why people are hesitant to be an entrepreneur starting so young is because without backing is because that a lot of the loan services and things like that won't give you that option because there's no guaranteed money there where I think they look at college, it's guaranteed, which also isn't true. But I think that maybe the rate is higher that they'll get paid back than the rate of someone right out of high school just saying, hey, I want a loan for $100,000 to start this business. So, I think, like I said, I think it was cool. I always want to start my own business, uh, and it's been going well. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's what it is. This is fun. Yeah, I had a I, good time. I, I appreciate you doing this. Yeah. I know it's late, but. Of course, of course, man. I wish we can dive into more stuff. I, I definitely think we can venture out of the sports and talk, you know, real life. Oh, yeah. Um, next time. I'll do it again for sure. Uh, it's been fun. First time doing this for me. So. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I didn't know what to expect. And it's actually, you know, I'm a little nervous throughout the day. Like, oh, I don't know what to expect. But it was cool. I enjoyed it. And like I said, hopefully uh, I'll do it again. And we can talk about, you know, real life stuff and leave the guys that are getting paid millions to right. play their sports alone. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not the wisest person in the world. I really kind of speak on opinions. And, um like, I have opinions about college, going to college, and reasoning for wanting to go to college, and things like that. And just, like, like I told you, recruiting period for people with sports and um, just life, man. Like, um, won't deep dive into it, but, like, college, to me, and me and my wife see differently on this, she doesn't want my kids to go into debt going to college, which I get. I get that. But at the same time, me, just the experience of college and what the, the way it built me for life – and just meeting different people from all over was such a cool experience and worth it to me. Where other people, like I said, she's more financially like, hey, I don't, we have debt from college. I don't want our kids to have the same debt. I get it. Yeah. But just the experience that you have in college alone is just awesome, dude. Like I met one of my good friends is from like Germany, soccer kid, this tall. Really? Yeah, this tall, nasty at soccer. He's from Germany. His name's Ozzy. Um, dude. Awesome kid, but I would have never met him. Right. You know, you meet these kids from all over. Like, I met people from Jamaica who came over to play soccer. Kids from uh, – uh, a girl was from um, – where was she from? Norway, maybe? No, she was from Germany also. Uh, she was from Germany also. Came over to play volleyball. So you meet all these people, and then not even just out of the country. My, one of my best friends is from Miami. My other one's from New York. Met them all going to college, college you know what i mean yeah and then you just you know you kind of, you just meet people from different worlds or different stories and i and that's why i'm like so big on going to college like going away to co- like i didn't go away away but like going away to college i think is just such an awesome experience and you learn so much and see 
can just live different experiences that I think it's just awesome. And I, I'll love to talk about it again if we link up and just kind of you can pick my brain about my thought process there, which might not be right, but just a personal, personal I mean, and you, and you met A-Rod, Manny Machado, and all yeah, those other guys. I met my wife. Too, right? <laughs> so uh, it must have worked out some way. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I, I think it's I think it's not in, – it's important for, you know, I, I, but it's not needed and especially in today's world, there's so many certificates you can take, and online and stuff. Yeah, online yeah. certificates you can take, and different. You don't have to get a desk job. You can go be a plumber. There's different trades you can do. Like there's so much stuff you can do still, and not have that piece of paper, that degree, and you know not go into debt. But some of those guys don't get this life experience. Yeah. Like people that I know from even playing softball in the county that you know didn't go to college that are making great money, and doing that trade type stuff they've barely you know been out of the county yeah, of st nah. mary's county you know what i mean and i've been everywhere uh, not everywhere but i've been i've met people from everywhere yeah so it uh, diversified me and i think that's so crucial in this world is to be diversified because you will just i feel like you just be a better person and you know see things with a different point of view because you don't know what this guy went through nope. and i feel like some of the people that stay in this county, I'm just using that because the people I know don't have their eyes open to outside the county and what people have been through and just a different way of living. And I think that's what just opened my eyes to so much more, dude. And I, I, and that's like my biggest, biggest reward. I think going to college is just like all the ways you just become a better social person, a better person in general. And it's not, you know, not everybody becomes a better person going to college. I mean, right. you get what you get and, you know, you could take away what you take away. But like one of my, one of my other friends, not, I won't say we're great friends, but we played baseball together. We're, we're you know, kind of like brothers type thing. I live with him. We were roommates. He was, uh, an immigrant from Cuba when he was younger. And, um, I think the way Cuba worked was that you win a lottery and it lets you come to the States back then. Well, I think his family, the way I remember, his family won the lottery, but they still got picked up by ICE. On the way here? Yeah. And he oh, actually nah. he actually has pictures of him as a baby in Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. And, you know, I would have never – I would have been stuck in my hometown if I didn't go to college, you know, just dealing with, like, we were, like, a middle t- a middle class area, uh, some upper-end areas, predominantly white. I had, like, I don't know, maybe four or five – uh, like black or Hispanic people in my graduating class, predominantly white. So I would have never met these people if I didn't right. go away. And I would have never had his perspective on life and why he thought these ways and why I thought these ways. And it just, dude, it opens your mind up, man. And it's, it's, it's awesome. Oh, I guess that's telling us that's it. <laughs> well, I thank you for doing this. Yeah, man. I really yeah, do man. Like it. I said, I, I'd love to get back to it. Uh, you know, Whenever you get a chance to, oh, yeah. kick back, talk some more. Sounds good. Thank you.